performance anxiety, it's a fuel. It's like if you're getting on the blocks to swim or the starting line to run a race or ride your bike and you don't have a bunch of adrenaline and anxiety going, then you're not going to perform as well. It's like a free Energizer bunny charge. Welcome to Champions Mojo Weekly Podcast with your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. You'll hear authentic, entertaining stories with tips, lessons, and wisdom from champions to inspire, motivate, and educate you. You'll get the tools you need for becoming a true champion in your own life. And now, your host, Kelly Palace. Welcome, friends. We have a fantastic episode of Champions Mojo for you today. And our topic is performance anxiety. So we definitely have some experience, Maria, don't we, in um, yes. giving having anxiety before performances. Yes. What are your thoughts? Yes, I, I uh, think I deal with performance anxiety perhaps more than the average person. Um, I really get nervous, especially before athletic events. There are things that I enjoy doing, like public speaking. I get nervous before that, but not as much. But yeah, before an athletic event, um, I was telling you before we started recording, sometimes I can't feel my legs. <laughs> my, my heart yeah. is pounding so hard I can't feel my legs. So um, I, I definitely have to um, employ the techniques that we're going to talk about today to master my performance, my anxiety, my performance anxiety. Awesome. And, and we're going to tell some athletic stories, but also stories that can translate over into real life because there are many ways that we have to perform uh, in life besides, I mean, for people that are athletes that are listening, you're going to have performance, but then, you know, there's that uh, asking somebody out on a date or giving a presentation at the office or being asked to speak somewhere. So there are lots of opportunities to have performance anxiety, aren't there? So we have come up with, um, we're going to talk about four kind of basic tenants that uh, Maria and I use and we think have helped us become successful athletes and, you know, entrepreneurs, businesswomen, just um, successful people, champions. So the first thing, and we're, we're going to break these down, but uh, we're going to talk about how important practice and preparation are, having a pre-game routine you know, something that you do regularly to get you ready for these things. Um, number three is called staying in your lane, which I love, just focusing on your own process and not the outcome. And then the final one we're going to talk about is seeing anxiety that you have as a fuel, as a, as a positive thing. So, Maria, let's start with uh, practice and prep and you mentioned it, and I love it. Why don't you uh, tell our listeners what you and I do before we yeah. start a podcast? I, yeah, I think uh, that's really important. Um, we, when uh, before we do one of these podcasts, we we actually, you know, do we think a lot, we do a lot of research, we we prepare, and then when we're together, right before we start recording, we do this little um, routine of. Um, of, of saying our intention and, you know, what we hope will, will be the outcome and, you know, what, what we hope to bring. And then we, we raise our hands above our heads and victory, even Woo! before we start. In the victory <laughs> symbol, we get our, our energies in the right, right place. And, and so I love that. So that's our, 
are because this, you know, doing a podcast is no doubt a performance. And, um, you know, I, you know, Maria, I actually do have a little anxiety about three before every podcast. Right. I have a little anxiety. So knowing, you know, that we do that, that intention, that prayer, that, that we're going to put together this podcast that serves and helps people and then throwing our arms in the air like victory. So that's, I love it. That's our preparation and, and, um, practice part of our, our pregame, sorry, our pregame and our practice certainly is what we always do. So, and um, I think one of the ways, I mean, even beyond that, that you bring, um, that you, you can perhaps reduce your anxiety is this, again, the story you tell yourself. We're always talking about the stories that we tell ourselves. And uh, if you have done your preparation, then you, the story you can tell yourself on any starting line in front of any potential boss, in front of any potential date or whatever it is, is that I am ready. <laughs> I have done what I can do to be here at this moment. You know, so the preparation gives you confidence and, and it's a story that you can tell yourself. That's a positive story. That, yeah. That is absolutely, if, you know, if you hear nothing else from this whole podcast is when you're having anxiety going into something, um, you can totally reduce that by being prepared. Just, just, just practice, practice, practice. It's not sexy. It's not <laughs> something not. magical, but it's definitely um, key that you practice. And I certainly think that anxiety goes up when you're not as ready. Um, or actually, actually, that, that may not be true. I think you can be really ready and be really anxious too. So I, I um, the first one, can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. practice and preparation. And so the next one, um, which will probably have the more of our story section, um, is having, you know, having that game routine and a set routine and, um, and we said, yeah, there were a lot of lot of segments of this. So, Maria, why don't you go over your kind of set routine that you do before a performance? Oh, okay. Well, you know, it depends on the kind of performance. But for uh, a bicycle race, and, you know, I guess this applies to anything. I really, I always get up early on the morning that I'm going to, I've got something big to do because I need those quiet, um, that quiet time in the morning to prepare myself um, before I race, I drink coffee, which is, I don't always drink coffee, but, um, I drink coffee because it's, it's a, it's an ergogenic aid. It's helpful. Um, especially for, for racing. Um, I, I go through sort of a, a period of, um, of breathing and prayer to, to calm myself. And I, the night before, I lay out all my equipment. Now, I know a lot of people like to do it the morning of, and but I like to make sure everything is just perfectly ready to the night before so that when I get up, I can just feel like I'm not in a rush. I've got hours before the event. And then when I'm actually sitting on my bike for an athletic, uh, for, for a race, um, I have started just not long ago doing this, really trying to engage um, other competitors around me because that takes my mind off my own... Um, you know, I, I can tend to get bunched up if I'm quiet. So if I if I if I engage the other riders around me and talk and laugh, um, it it, it kind of helps me relax. So that's part of my. And then in the you know few seconds before the gun goes off, you know I'm quiet and um, and I'm trying to stay you know right there in the moment. But you know I, like I said, I still I can still get very nervous. Kelly, what are what are some of yours? Your um, well. Thanks, Maria. Routine. Before we move on to mine, I wanted to ask you, so when, 
you've got your big performance and I love, you know, I love your, your routine there, the things that you're doing. Do you, um, do you sleep the night before? Do you sleep well or? Yeah, that's a great question. Like if I lay out my clothes, sometimes I'm a morning person. I do it in the morning Mm. because I try to just distract myself the night before. And then I do definitely like you. I get up early if I have something Mm -hmm. Um, like I've been doing these little 5Ks every weekend. And even though they don't start till 8 or 830, I usually get up at five o'clock on that morning just because I want to have all the time to to meditate and pack and get my number on. And and these Mm -hmm. are just the littlest, you know, 5Ks. There's like, you know, 100 people in the races and I'm not even expecting to do anything, but I still get up early. But um, if I do everything the night before, I don't sleep. How do you yeah, do I, I well, I, I I don't sleep that well, but I I don't think I would sleep if everything was not done either. <laughs> so, yeah, probably, maybe you would sleep less. Yeah, I don't I don't sleep well the night before a big event. So I really work on getting good sleep the night before the night before, which we which the story yes. I tell myself about that is that it's much more important to sleep well the night before the night before than it is to sleep the night before. That's yeah, that is a standard that that. That's kind of, I don't know, that must be a, a legend out there because I've heard that too. That's the night before the night before. But again, um, well, th- those are those are great ones. I love, I'm the same way. I don't use caffeine any other time other than when I race. I, I'm a decaf person, but I love having caffeine as an ergogenic aid. It's just, it definitely improves your performance on anything. If you're doing a presentation in the office and you know, you, you don't over caffeinate yourself, right. but Otherwise you, you're a you know, mess, you, you don't, right. you don't go from zero caffeine to four cups of coffee, but one cup of coffee after not having a cup of coffee for a month is really, it just, it, it just makes you more sharp, more focused, more, and even, um, it does even help with endurance, but for the non-athlete that's listening that just wants to, um, perform better, I like all of those things that you said, just getting up early, thinking about what you have to do. And, um, and certainly the first one that we covered. So my routine, um, let me take something that might be, um, well, you know, something that's really near and dear to my heart right now is our podcast. And in a non-athletic um, story, I definitely have the routine of um, working on each podcast uh, an entire week before it's going to actually launch. So the podcast is completely done. And then I really focus on working with our producers, you know, Katie, Katie, Parsons is our producer of this and um you know she and her husband helps her I know on some of the the audio engineering and so we have schedules that we're on you know for the week like we have to turn in our recordings and then we have their additional um intros and outros and and we have press releases and we have social media so I try to make sure that all of that stuff is in line and we have a weekly schedule where there's a deadline for each thing so I'm always looking at what deadline we have and then who um, if we have a an interviewee on the show like last night I was a little late but I wrote thank you notes and sent them out to our um last two interviewees that were on the show and sent them a little, you know, a thank you card. So, um, 
it's it's just that routine of looking at what needs to be done. And then I do this with the podcast too, but I definitely do it with athletics is visualization, I think is probably my number one key for success in any performance and the performance of of our of our podcast, of the future of the podcast, of something that I'm going to be swimming, of something I'm going to be running. I do a lot of meditation, as you know, and as our listeners have learned by now about me. And um, I visualize, you know, during my meditation, I visualize people listening to our podcast and coming up to me at swim meets and saying, you know, I love your podcast or you know, opening my computer and seeing that we've had, you know, X number of downloads and throwing my arms up in the air. I'm not kidding. I have that visualization of, of, you know, we have a data checker where you can see how many people have downloaded. And I open that computer and I'm like, wow, <laughs> look, Maria. So I literally visualize those successes and um, whatever, whatever that performance is, I visualize it to kind of with all my senses of um, the sights, the smell, the sounds. And I think visualization is a key. And, you know, the reticular activator in the mind, you cannot tell the difference in something that you've actually done and something that you visualize over and over again. So if you have a performance coming up and you visualize it enough, it can actually become real to that point. So you shouldn't be nervous if you've already done it and you've already succeeded at it. So those, that's kind you of my routine. Visualize, um, you have to visualize success, not just visualize, because lots of times we can rehearse failure. You know, if we're, you know, we can think, oh, oh yeah, she's going to say no, success. he's going to say no, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Visualizing success. And um, and then with athletics, I definitely, I do a lot of breathing. I do a, te- a breathing technique called centering, where... Um, I imagine my lungs are divided into thirds. So there's the bottom third of my lungs and the middle third and then the top third. And in my first, I do three really deep breaths. My first first breath, I fill up just the top third of my lungs and then, you know, exhale. And then I fill up the two thirds, the top two thirds, and then exhale. And then a really deep breath to fill up all three of thirds of my lungs and then I exhale and that is a really that's you know that technique of centering I I use to just kind of any kind of anxiety and then music I love music using music no matter what I mean if you're gonna call somebody and ask them on a date you know play your favorite song and run around the room before you pick up the phone and call (laughs) them and you know change your state and but I, I love I love music. So those are, those are kind of some of the things that I do for getting, getting ready to perform. Is there anything that, that, that you, I was just thinking as you were describing, preparing for the podcast, is there anything that you, that that's not helpful or that you wish you did more of? Is there any way that you think the prep preparation could improve? Um, I think today the, the, you know, I, I love being with you when we record and we, we get to do that every now and then. And I love being with Katie and Brant when I can. And um, I'd love it if all four of us could ever be in the same room. I think the hard thing today about um, 
a lot of the things we do is that we're we're all doing them remotely. So I love, um, you know, I love that we can get a beautiful production done with everybody in a different location. But um, I do, you know, wish that we could all be together. And that's just, you know, maybe we need to visualize that, Kelly. Yes, yes, that would be a good one. Does is that what you were looking for? Well, yeah, and I mean, I, I, yes, I, I, uh, I I guess I'll share things that I don't think I do well when I when I can be overwhelmed by performance anxiety, and um, one of them I just alluded to is is uh, is visualizing failure, you know, uh, visualizing shame, visualizing, you know, not you know, letting somebody down, you know, making a fool of myself, uh, you know, those are all sort of fear-based things. And, um, you know, they, they're very strong and, uh, they can, they can, they can just sort of <laughs> be, we used to call the bright white light, you know, you know, when you're, when you're preparing for something and all you can see is a bright white light, <laughs> you know, you're not, <laughs> then you're not, you're not going to do a good job. So, um, you know, I, I think, I would like to work more on the positive visualization right up until the moment. I remember I was giving this speech once and um it was it was a it was kind of a weird crowd and um I, I just got really, you know, I I had to ask for money and I just got really nervous and I thought they're, you know, they don't they don't want me here. Nobody wants to, you know, people were walking out and and of course that was that didn't help anything. It didn't, it didn't, didn't bring a a loving, you know, heartfelt flavor to my speech. It it just made me, made me feel scared and, and fearful and even angry. So I think, I think, um, for, for me, you know, I want to work, you know, more on, on that positive visualization and pushing away the fearful, bad, shameful thoughts. That is a really great one. And um, I see where you're going with that question about the podcast. And that ties in what you just said ties into our next one, which is staying in your lane and um, and focusing on the process and not the outcome. And certainly to go back and kind of re-answer your question of, about the podcast. Oh my gosh. Yes. I totally have anxiety about like what I would do differently. It just, it would just be, um, you know, I worry, you know, it, is, is this going to catch on? Are people going to like it? Are people going to benefit from it? Are people going to share it? Because it does take, you know, a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of investment in getting a podcast off the ground. So I worry about that. Is it going to be accepted? Is it going to be liked? Are people going to make fun of us? Are we going to, and just nobody, mm-hmm. is anybody listening? Is, is anyone out there, out there, out there, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. um, I mean, so yes, I definitely worry about that. However, the way that I get over that performance anxiety is totally focusing on the process and that's great and educating and preparing myself do you know how many little like online classes and videos and things I've watched on how to have a successful podcast my (laughs) husband's like oh no are you watching another video on how to do a podcast but it's it so the the prep that I found is that you know 80% of your focus should be on your content. And so I just focus the thing that 
doesn't make me anxious when we go into a podcast is thinking, and you know this as my partner better than anyone, let's deliver a great product. Let's let's make our content the best that we can possibly make it and the rest will take care of itself. So that for me, staying in your lane certainly applies to what I'm doing with this podcast, but without a doubt applies to my swimming career. You know, I don't, if I'm swimming and thinking about what, you know, somebody in another lane is doing, then I'm not, you know, that I'm not doing my best technique or my best streamline off the walls or whatever. So Maria, what are your thoughts on staying in your lane? Thank you for saying that, Kelly, I, about the, you know, your, some of your negative thoughts and fears around the podcast. And I, and I, and I, you know, I, for me, the, the process of the podcast, which is chatting with you and listening to our incredible guests and, you know, hearing what they have to say is so incredibly fun. And if so, if I think about how much fun it's going to be talking to you about these ideas, which we've done our whole lives, but, you know, talking to you in a regular way about them now in a, in a sort of a disciplined weekly way, if I think about that, then I just, I'm filled with delight and everything that comes out is right <laughs> because it's, that's the yeah. process. So, um, yeah. And, and, and as far as other things in my life go, that's absolutely right. If, you know, I, I, if I, if I focus on what I'm doing rather, I mean, I think for me, I can come to a starting line or even in my business, you know, I am constantly having to tell new stories to myself about what kind of a leader I am. I'm, I'm running a business. It's a tough business, you know, selling bicycles, kind of unusual bicycles is a, it's a tough business. There's a lot to it. And I can, sometimes I can tell my, tell the story that uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, you know, what, what do I think I'm doing? How do I really think I can change the world? Blah, 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 blah. But then when I just enjoy my interactions with the customers and I enjoy the thrill of, you know, creating an improved product and, and, and marketing it in a certain way, then, you know, if I just get into doing it, it's just so much better than, you know, than, than the, the, you know, than the, the negative stories I'm telling about what, what failure might feel like. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that, that that was clear enough, but basically if you, do what you're supposed to do. We used to have a coach who would tell our kids in track, run your race, run your race. Don't worry about what the other people are doing, what the weather is like, what, you know, what, what the world may say. You run your race. You enjoy your legs moving fast, going, going. And that's, and that's what I want to bring to, to the things in my life that, that I can sometimes feel fearful about. I love it. Yes. I mean, and and at the end of the day, the only thing we can control is what we're doing in our own space, in our own world, (laughs) not, you know, not what anybody else next to you is doing, but you can control what you're doing. So I love that. And and as part of the um, staying in your lane is, you know, you can't control your competitors. You know, you can't control the conditions. You just have to show up and do what you can do. So I think that's another of the the four and try to bring joy components. to it. I think too. You know, you show up yeah, and you, you, joy. you 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 bring joy to what you can do in that moment. And if you can swim, or you can run, or you can cycle, or you can run a business, you can do a podcast. Then just do it with joy and and enthusiasm and passion, which you do everything yeah, with Kelly. Well, 
<laughs> Thanks, Maria. You too. But even and even if if you can't get there with joy, and I, we talked about this uh, a couple of podcasts ago on just being um, confident is. Um, just being neutral. I mean, if you've yeah. got a performance, you know, like you've got a speech to give to your office and you can't be joyful about it, but at least, you, you know, you can be neutral about it versus negative. So, yeah, I think. Right. Um, right. Just just focusing on that process and and um, that that will help with ang- the anxiety and not and not the outcome. Um, anything else on that before we move to number four? Okay, I think this is actually my favorite one, and I and I I think if you only did one of these, it it really puts me in a good place when I have a bunch of anxiety going into something, and that is this is good. This is um, this anxiety is fuel for something. Whether whether and I'm just going to say whether it's a panic attack, <laughs> like if I'm having you know, and I do have panic attacks. It's true. I mean, and I'm going to take it all the way to a pa- whether it's a panic attack or whether it's a, oh, I I don't know if I'm going to win this race or I don't know if I'm going to give this speech right or I don't know if I'm going to ask this girl out. But there's something you're getting endorphins, you're getting adrenaline, you're getting cortisol. And so if it's a panic attack for me, I say, what's really bothering me? When I have a panic, a full-blown panic attack, there's something that it makes me say, okay, what's really bothering me? And then I'll just drill all the way down. And it'll be like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's what I'm really worried about. I'm not really worried that, you know, I, I, I don't even know what I've spun something into. But I'm not really worried that uh, I'm going to run out of toilet paper. I'm really worried that, you know, my dad is 89 and I don't see him enough. You know, so I drill down to what it really is. And so... But with performance anxiety, it's a fuel. It's like if you're getting on the blocks to swim or the starting line to run a race or ride your bike and you don't have a bunch of adrenaline and anxiety going, then you're not going to perform as well. It's like a free energizer bunny charge. Yes. So um, yes. what are your thoughts, Maria? Yeah, I, I, you taught me that not even that long ago. I was complaining about um, just how nervous I was before I was getting ready to um, start something. And you said, well, that's good. And I said, what? And you said, that's good, Maria. You know, if, if you weren't nervous, you know, you didn't, you know, you, you, it wasn't something that was worth the investment. And so I, I love, again, great reframing. Tell the story that helps you. And the story that helps you is that this, this, this heart fluttering, this, you know, rapid breathing, this anxiety I have is actually good. It means I am, you know, I care and I can use this energy. Um, and I have, I have used that so many times. And in fact, the reverse is true. I, for a while, I was speaking regularly to, um, Rotary clubs around the state of North Carolina, and um, I got so that I was really, really good at the little speech that I gave. And what I found was, you know, I I, I wasn't very good. You know, I, if I wasn't a little nervous, if I didn't kind of hype my, you know, just kind of think about what I was doing, and if I, you know, if I just kind of did my speech, wrote and very calmly, then I I didn't I wasn't good. Nobody cared. 
but when I when I approached it with with passion and a little bit of nerves and anxiety, I was so much better. So it's true, you know, if you don't have a little a little anxiety before something important, before a performance, before before uh, you know an interview, before something that you care about, then you're, you're probably not going to do as well. So that the it's the adrenaline and it helps and it and and um, and it reminds you of you know that you care. Absolutely. I think that that's so true. And I can think of times too, where, you know, I would be in a swim meet where it was a low key environment. I knew I was going to win. I think I think of high school swimming because high school swim meets were very low key. And, you know, you would often know your competitor going in and, and I would swim as hard as I possibly could. I was thinking that I was swimming the same times that I swam like in a, a big USA meet and I was going as hard as I could. And I would look up and the time would just be crap because I was just not nervous. I was not excited. And, um, and I knew I was going to win. So it's, it definitely helps to have those, those, I, I used to call them like when you have butterflies in your stomach, you have like, I just envisioned my stomach with a bunch of butterflies just swimming, you know, flying all around in my stomach. And I would think that that was me revving my engine, like, you know, so, um, I, I really think seeing anxiety as fuel can help your performance and, and not let it, you know, wipe you out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Kelly, have you ever been nervous about really, 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 really nervous about anything? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, like, t- like swimming, any really big swim meet where I have a lot on the line. I think when things, when you have a lot on the line, like you've, you've told people you're going to do something, you've prepped for a long time, you've invested a lot of hours or a lot of money. I think any anything that any performance where I have put it out there, you know, you put yourself out there with the investment of money, of time, of emotion, of other people's resources, of other people supporting you. I Those people to me are the most courageous. And yeah. Um, you know, that's why I, yeah. these people going for the Olympic, the Olympics are so courageous because they say, I'm going to try to make the Olympic team. Then they have right. a team around them. They have right. their friends, their massage therapists, their families, their coaches. We're all with them. We're going down the line with them. We're, they're invested. They, you know, they put it out there. And if you don't, the, the, I think the reason that one would have that super anxiety. And that's when I have it, you know, like, and I generally, you know, in at this point in my career, I go for masters swimming nationals. And I usually I love long course, because that's what the Olympics are. So I usually go for the long course, national championships, and I'll set that goal way out. And I'll train and I'll tell people and I'll, you know, put it on social media. And then boom, if you if you don't do well, then you have failed in front of everyone. So you have that um, big expectation. And if it doesn't come into fruition, that's what you're that's the story you're telling yourself. That's where the anxiety comes in versus it's in fact, that's the meaning that you're giving it. That's right. Which is that's it, right. If I fail, then I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to look bad. People are going to think I'm a loser. I'm going to think I'm a loser. It, and it's just all the negative stuff that makes that anxiety come. So it, you know, I think a good one we could add here is that. Oh my gosh, Maria, can we 
believe that we forgot the add a so to your what ifs. That is that is the phrase that I'm going to give Dr. Keith Bell, who wrote The Nuts and Bolts of the Psychology of Swimming, and I'm pulling this out of my memory from when I was about 12 years old and I read this book and I just saw Keith at um, Women's NCAA Swimming Champions. So I said, your bu- book, The Nuts and Bolts of the Psychology of Swimming, changed my swimming career. And uh, he was very nice. and But... That is one of the chapters of the book is called Add a So to Your What Ifs. So what if I put all this time and money and resources and other people's resources into this and I fail? So? so. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, you know, everything that I was and right. I'm better for the journey. So I think... That's Kelly, where that is you have beautiful. To... That I think you're right. That might be the most important thing that we've said here today. And it wasn't. It. So we're we're adding that to number. We're making that number five, courtesy of Keith Bell, um, which is add a so to your what ifs. And so what? So so and and that should take all the. So you ask the girl out, and she says no. So what? Right. There's another one coming. Right. You know, there's a million fish in the sea. Right. You, you you flub you flub your speech at your your office meeting so what maybe you weren't maybe that wasn't the best job for you anyway and then you get moved into something that you're better at so right you invest a lot in a new business and it fails so yeah you know you so we had we had fun while it lasted you know yeah i i think that's um i like that's a really big one so so maria do you want to wrap the five or do you want me to or Okay. Yeah. Let's let's do. Let me do the first couple, and then you can finish up. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Um, how do you deal with performance anxiety? Practice and preparation. You come to the to the starting line. Come to wherever you're going. Your your performance is ready, be, and knowing that you you've prepared, and 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 um, that you're as ready as you can be. Um, and then the second thing is having a pregame ritual. Um, and that is, you know, whatever it is for you. But if you do the same thing every time, then you will teach your body to relax and be prepared. And, you know, for, for some of us, it's, it's getting up early and breathing and meditating. Kelly talked a lot about visualization, which is really excellent. Um, whatever it is, do it and do it the same every time. And then you'll, you'll teach yourself. Um, and then Kelly, you can do the, the final three. Yeah. Then, um, staying in your lane, just, just focusing on your own process versus that outcome. And it's the only thing you have control over. And it certainly takes off some of that anxiety. It's just take, you know, one, one step at a time in that process. Um, number four was seeing anxiety as, as fuel. This is a good thing. If I didn't have it, my performance isn't going to be as good. And then we've, we've added a fifth one just because of our, um, great, you know, conversation here, and that is adding a so to your what ifs. So you do this whole big performance and, you know, something bad happens, just add a so. What if I fail? So what? What if I win? So what? You know, it's like, it's just adding a so. So I love it. And those are the five things. Um, Anything else, Maria, before we give our action items? No, I, I, I mean, there's so, I, I, I probably, there's as many different, um, 
particular rituals, um, pre-game rituals, as there are people. But but yeah, no, I think that 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 covers it. That I, for me. Okay, well, I am going to start with the action items and let you go to one. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna add this one in here as number five, which is take something that you are really striving. You know, you you have a big performance coming up, and go ahead and give yourself the the so what. So, you know, add a so to your what if. So like what it. if? Yeah. And and do the you know do the three different scenarios, and then it just it's just not as you know it's just not as scary. So yeah, I like that it. would be mine. And then I think my action item would be the the staying in your lane, which we're we're talking about focusing on the process. I think this is really really helpful if you have something that's that's you know that you think might you know cause you anxiety. Just just focus on what you're doing in the moment now, not on what the conditions are like, not on your competitors, not on you know, what it's going to look like if you fail or if you succeed, but just doing what you do and enjoying what you do in the moment. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Well, that is going to be a wrap on our show for the performance anxiety, overcoming performance anxiety and, yes. and being the victor, being the champion in your life. So, um, Thank you so much for listening with us today. And again, if you want to get the notifications, we're trying to get more subscribers on YouTube. So if you could subscribe to us on YouTube, you will get a notification just when our when our new podcasts come out weekly. And of course, you can listen everywhere that, that podcasts are broadcast. But thanks so much for being with us today. Yes. And uh, thanks for listening. To talking with we you really next appreciate week. it. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. The quote of the week comes from Ralph Waldo Emerson. There's no strong performance without a little fanaticism in the performer. We are so grateful that you spent this time with us today, and we hope that you heard something that inspired, motivated, and educated you. Please see below for our copy of the show notes for any links or important information referenced here. Signing off for myself and champion co-host Kelly Palace, we hope you'll join us again soon. And we know you can be a champion. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast, designed to make you feel inspired, motivated, and educated. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Also, visit championsmojo.com to learn more.